It didn't take me long to pack. I decided to leave the minotaur horn in my cabin, which left me only an extra change of clothes and a toothbrush to stuff in my a backpack that Grover had found for me. Welcome to Floor 600, a podcast where two friends read the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series. We are your hosts, Natalie and Quinn. Read or listen to the book along with us, or just enjoy this recap slash amateur critique of the series by Rick Riordan. Uh, so chapter 10, I ruin a perfectly good bus. What did you rate this? I gave this chapter a title five stars. Wow. I don't see why you did that. I gave it three stars. Because I thought it sounded interesting. But it's just a bus. But like... Given the context, there's so many different ways they can ruin a good bus. I guess. And he's 12. Okay. <laughs> I still wouldn't give it five. <laughs> Maybe three and a half. I'll give you that. And I'll I knock was... you down to four. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just thought it was, like, exciting to hear about how Percy could have ruined a bus. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this I'm is... I'm judging you. Whatever. <laughs> this is definitely the episode of short chapters. Yes. So, like, three of the five chapters are really short. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. So, Percy has, like, five belongings. Yes. So, <laughs> they're getting ready to go on this quest. Grover finds him a backpack. hmm And Percy packs his toothbrush... And the only pair of clothes, only change of clothes he currently owns. The camp store loans him $100 and 20 golden drachmas. Yes. And that makes me wonder how, what the conversion rate is. Yeah. From drachmas to dollars. Because, I don't know, the way that they spend drachmas later in the books, or in just this book and other books, it just seems like, ah. Well, I don't know. I, I did an arm gesture because I don't know how to do what I'm... Like they're throwing it away. Yeah, they're just throwing away their money. And, I don't know, they don't seem to earn it. They're just lo- I don't know. They have no sense of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't know how to use it. <laughs> well, the drachmas are the money of the gods, so maybe everything's just more expensive. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Chiron also gives them ambrosia squares... To use in case of emergency only, because if they eat too much ambrosia, it'll kill them. Like, they'll literally, literally burn up mm-hmm. because they're half-mortal, and ambrosia will just straight-up kill mortals altogether. Um, Annabeth packs her magic Yankees cap that makes her invisible. That was a 12th birthday present from her mom. I think that's a really cool gift, but at the same time... Annabeth wants to be seen and noticed by her mom and the gods. And what does her mom, the god, (laughs) Athena, do? She gives gives her a hat hat that makes her invisible. So I think Annabeth is probably really grateful for this gift, but at the same time a bit hurt. (laughs) Well, in Athena's defense, she was probably like, this would be great in battle because she can just put yeah. it on and become yeah. invisible. Like, I can see where Athena's coming from, but I can also see where Annabeth could easily be just, like, really hurt. <laughs> it's like a metaphor for poor Annabeth's life. Yeah. Um, Annabeth also packs a book on architecture that's written in ancient Greek, which mm-hmm. is hilarious. Yes. And she packs a long bronze knife to cut ropes with. <laughs> 
So they go up to the top of Half-Blood Hill to leave, and Percy is officially introduced to Argus, who he saw yes. briefly Oh, before. wait, did we get to Luke, or is that after Argus That's comes after up? Argus. Oh, okay, never mind. Stop jumping ahead. Sorry. Um, so Argus is actually really cool, and he's, like, chill yes. and nice, but the idea of him kind of freaks me out. Oh, yeah? Just, like, a million eyes. Ugh. That's I, so weird. <laughs> I, I have, like, things to say about him later in the oh my god section, but I don't know. I, I think like he, he seems like a cool dude. He does. I like how he's security. Yeah. And I don't think he, like, he, like, doesn't talk, and he, but he's yeah. just, like, I don't know. He's, but you know, he's, like, paying attention, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> like, winking with his, one of his eyes yeah. on the back of the neck and... I think Rick Riordan is just so clever. Yeah. He just thought everything out very carefully, and I mm-hmm. think it's funny. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, then Luke catches up with them, and he gives Percy a pair of winged basketball shoes. And when you say, Maya, I guess that's how it's pronounced, um, they, the wings jump out <laughs> of the shoes, and they help you fly around. But... They tell Percy that it's not a good idea to fly around because Zeus. So Percy gives them the Grover instead. Yeah. So this is an example of Percy not being observant for a second. Yes. Chiron gives Percy what looks like a normal ballpoint pen that probably costs 30 cents. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Percy, come on. So he opens the pen and it grows into the sword and he's like, oh! is the same sword that I used to fight Mrs. Dodds at the Met. It's like, yeah. Duh. Yeah. So, Chiron tells Percy that the sword is a gift from Poseidon and that he's been holding on to it all this time until he found the right person. And it's like, he was literally holding on to it, like, had it on his person. Yeah. It's just weird. It is weird. And <laughs> I know that the sword itself, I cannot pronounce its gr- Greek name, so Riptide Anaclosmo. has... Anaclosmo. Anaclosmo. Anaclosmos? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Riptide has, like, its own, like, mythology history mm-hmm. thing, and it's, like, really in-depth and stuff, but I have not done the research for that, but I don't know. It seems like Riptide is a, I don't it's know, like free thinker in it's itself. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love how... He, Chiron's like, oh, its name is Anaxlosmos. Sorry, Greek people. <laughs> um, and Percy's like, oh, it's Riptide. I'm surprised and then he's like, surprised that the ancient Greek came so easily. Yeah. It's I like, like how, it's sort of cute how, like, surprised he is at his own skills. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like, finally in a, like, a situation where he can excel and he's like, why is this happening? <laughs> I like... At, right after he gives, uh, or Chiron gives Percy Riptide, he says, uh, use it only for emergencies, Chiron said, and only against monsters. No hero should harm mortals unless absolutely necessary. Of course, but this sword wouldn't harm them in any case. So why give the warning? It's a little bit of really clunky exposition. Yeah. Like, explanation about the sword. Yeah. That's one of the very few moments where I'm like, Rick... That was so awkward, like, this That was this really awkwardly phrased, yeah. It's, it's strangely phrased. Yeah. And then Percy's like, oh, what if I lose it? Because I was notorious for losing pens <laughs> at school. 
And Chiron's like, throw it down the hill! And <laughs> Percy's like, okay. And then it appears back in his pocket. It's so mm-hmm. weird. Um, it's really convenient that it won't harm mortals, though. It is. <laughs> but, like, it's not like Percy's gonna go around stabbing mortals. <laughs> How great would it be, though? Like, <laughs> but, like, it wouldn't hurt them, so it'd just be like, uh, what? What happened? What if it was just, like, a pleasant, like, massage feeling? Like, <laughs> I doubt it would be pleasant. I feel like it would be, like, like when people, like, weird people describe ghosts. Oh, yeah. It would be like, oh, I'm chilled on my spine. <laughs> like, they say when you get rid of those random shivers, it's your guardian angel. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, finally, we find out officially what the mist is. Yes. So the mist is whenever divine or when divine and monster. Oh wait, <laughs> you can do it. The mist is whenever divine or monstrous elements combine with the mortal world, they create mist, which basically distorts the mortal's reality, so they can't tell what's really happening. Yes. So like, my take on this is whenever just like something really bizarre happens in your life, and you're like, "What was that?" It's actually just like the gods or something. Hmm. But then they're like, this is not. <laughs> well, <laughs> do a Jedi mind trick. Um, These are not the droids you're looking for. Um, I was thinking, because like later in the book, it, later in these chapters, um, someone sees Percy do something crazy and she's just like, that's the boy, that's the boy that was fighting that weird thing that was, we're getting to it later, but I want to talk to <laughs> about it right now because we're talking about the mist. Yes. So, but she's talking about like, oh, that's the boy, that's the boy, that's the boy there. She was, he was fighting a giant dog that was mean and scary. Yeah. And he jumped out the thing. And so he, she could tell that he was fighting a monster, but it was in her mind. It wasn't the um, like fire breathing lion snake goat thing. Yeah. It was a giant chihuahua, <laughs> which is weird enough. It like so like, like maybe she just fix things, but it doesn't fix it completely. Maybe she saw a dog that was or a chihuahua that was the size of like a Rottweiler, and then she's like, wow. I don't know. So. There's a little time break. Argus drives them out of the countryside and into Western Long Island. Yeah. Um, and it's weird how it's Percy's only been at camp for two weeks, and it already seems like he's been there like a month. Yeah. He's, he's like, this is my home now, and it's only been two weeks. Like, it takes longer than two weeks to adjust to places, so he must really like it there. Yeah. Back to Annabeth and her, I have parents are rivals nonsense. Um, Complete nonsense. Annabeth's like, we're not supposed to get along because Poseidon and Athena didn't get along. And Percy's like, who cares? You didn't like me before you knew who my father was. Yeah. So, but in the mythology, I guess, Poseidon and Athena competed to see who Athens would be named after. Yes. And Athena made an olive tree as the gift, and Poseidon made a salt water spring. Who wants a salt water spring? I know, you can't even drink out of it. Like, what are you gonna do with it? I don't, not like, uh, <laughs> we can have a nice, like, spa day. Yeah. 
It's Greece. They probably had enough spas. Yeah. And they're so, surrounded by salt water. There's no yeah. use. <laughs> it's like, oh, he just brought the ocean into the land. Like, big whoop. <laughs> so, it's you know one, obviously. So, they get, they get to where they're gonna get on the Greyhound bus. And Percy sees a missing poster of himself. Yeah. And that would probably just be super weird. Mm-hmm. And I like how he tears it down because he doesn't want to concern uh, Annabeth and Grover. And Grover's like, mm, you're upset. <laughs> <laughs> and Percy's like, what? And Grover, satyrs are able to sense, like, smell emotion, humans' emotions. So they can t- he can tell that he's yeah. thinking about smelling game. And I think in particular, Grover can sense Percy's emotions. Because they're best friends. Yeah, they're BFFs forever. <laughs> they're like in tune so Grover's like you know why your mom married him don't you Percy and Percy's like what are you talking about and Grover's like your voice is <laughs> so condescending <laughs> apparently Sally married Smelly Gabe to mask Percy's scent yes um, so, but basically they get on the Greyhound bus yes and everything's going peachy keen until three keep creepy old ladies come on the bus. Yes. And the creepy old lady, the first one Percy sees, is none other than Mrs. Dodds. Oh. <gasps> the Fury. But then the other two also look like Mrs. Dodds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like triplets. Um, so basically they fight the Furies and Mrs. Dodds is all like, Zeus will destroy you. Yeah. Don't be the pawn of the gods, Percy Jackson. Yes. Blah, blah, and blah. He, they're really looking, or the Furies come in and they say that they're looking for something. Yes. Which is suspicious. It is suspicious. Yeah. And I just love that Percy yells, eat my pants at her in Latin. Yes. But I think it's kind of cool how they, the demigods are good at Latin and ancient Greek mm-hmm. because the gods are still the gods, you know? Yeah. So there's that whole Latin side of them too. Oh, and okay, so <laughs> at the part... After they leave the bus, and the Furies are still inside the bus, like, freaking out, uh, the, uh, uh, where is it? Boom! The windows of the bus exploded as the passengers ran for cover. Lightning shredded a huge crater in, er, yeah, shredded a huge crater in the roof, but an angry wail from inside told me Mrs. Dodds was not yet done, dead. So that, so lightning hits the bus. So does that mean Zeus hit the bus? I don't know. I didn't even think about that. I don't know. There were multiple parts in these chapters where I thought Zeus was sort of sending the monsters or helping them along in some really weird ways. So, like, yeah, Zeus is the one who really finishes off the Furies. In my mind. Or the lightning does. But then why would Mrs. Dodds be like, Zeus will destroy you. Yeah. Zeus is going to destroy her. I mean, the gods are super fickle, so. Yeah. So maybe the Furies are on the side of Hades. So Zeus is... But she wants to make it seem like she's also on the side of Zeus? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It was really confusing to me when I saw that the the lightning hit the bus. Because it's like the lightning hit... uh, uh, the car when they're driving away from the min- Minotaur. Minotaur. Right. Uh, so, I don't know. And considering either. Zeus does not have the lightning bolt, 
So, but you can still make storms because it says yeah. it's like raining now. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Things so, maybe, yeah. About. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On to chapter 11. We visit the Garden Gnome Emporium. I once again, again, once again, I gave <laughs> this a three stars. Yeah, I gave it four, but I could go down to three. Yeah, and I could go up to three and a half. I like, I have no problem with it. I lo- I honestly, I love garden gnomes. They, I just think <laughs> that they're freaking hilarious. Um, so I can easily go up. It, it's just like we visit a garden gnome emporium. It's like we visit a store. Yeah, it sounds uh, like a nice little like. Side adventure. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not what it actually turns out to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so, as they are, like, walking along, Annabeth reveals that she has not left half, uh, Camp Half-Blood since she was seven years old because it didn't work out with her living at home. Yeah. That's so awful. She's very well-adjusted, though. Yeah. I don't know if she is, though. No? Mm-mm. She hates her dad so much, and she has not seen him in six years so and like she wants nothing to do with it whatsoever he doesn't want anything to do with her how does she know because he's the one who like hated her but i don't know i don't know it's hard for me to read the like her relationship with her yeah because i feel like it could be so much more if they just sort of talked through their issues well yeah, I mean, we learn more about. It her sounds more as we go on. horrible that her step, like it sounds like her stepmother, is horrible. But I don't know. I wonder if it would, it's more like a Cinderella type situation where <laughs> the stepmother manipulates the father. Yeah, that's possible. Um. So everybody is hungry, and Percy is very food motivated. Yeah. So they found the scent. Yeah, Grover too. But he eats anything, so. <laughs> so they follow the scent of hamburgers to this place that Grover thinks is probably not safe. Yeah, because it um, smells like monsters. Yeah. So Annabeth and Percy can't read the red cursive neon sign above the, the door. So Grover translates it as Auntie M's Garden Gnome Emporium. Yes. And I like that because after he's just like, uh, to me it looked like Auntie Miss Gerson can't me. Uh, and he says, what the heck does that say? And Annabeth responds, I don't know. And he says, like, she loved reading so much, I forgot that she's dyslexic, too. And I think yeah. that's a good reminder. Like, oh, yeah, she's really smart, and she does all this stuff, and, but... Yeah. In spite of the things that could slow her down, she's mm-hmm. like, heck no. But I'm like, when I was reading this part, I was like, am I a demigod? Because I can't read Red Curse of Neon Oh, really? <laughs> I was driving to a pizza place and I missed it because I couldn't read the sign. And that was the only sign that they had. And it was dark and I was like, where is this place? Anyway. <laughs> so they're, as they were like approaching the door, they're walking through the garden of statues. And Grover thinks one of the statues looks like his Uncle Ferdinand. Yes, and I love the name Uncle Ferdinand. Same. It's just a great name. <laughs> so... Um, they, like, get to the door, and this lady comes out, and she's described as, like, a Middle Eastern lady who wears a veil. Yeah. Um, or possibly Middle Eastern lady, yeah, because they actually of. can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just think she sounds kind of Middle Eastern, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. 
At least I assume she was Middle Eastern because she wore a long black gown that completely covered everything but her hands. Um, so she's like, I'm Auntie Am. Mm-hmm. And they're like, where? she's like, where are your parents, children? And Percy tells them that they got separated from their circus caravan. And they're just... I wrote in the margin A plus improv because it's horrible. <laughs> it's so funny, though. And, like, any normal person would be like, yeah, okay, where are your parents, kid? Like, yeah. <laughs> and Annabeth just looks at him like, Really? And then she falls, or well, like, it, supposedly she falls for it. And it's yeah. like, why would you ever trust someone who falls for this <laughs> horrible lie? Like, you know she doesn't believe it. But anyway, she, like, takes them past, like, into the building, into the diner, and is feeding them. And Percy and Era, not Percy, Anna, Grover and Annabeth, <laughs> words are hard sometimes, which is a problem when you're podcasting. <laughs> um, Grover... And Annabeth yes. are getting kind of, like, increasingly worried the more they talk to this woman. And they're like, I don't know, man. This weird vibes, weird vibes. Yep. So Auntie M's like, can I take your picture? And Percy's like, yeah, okay. He's kind of, like, so chill. weird. Because he's just, like, had three double cheeseburgers. And but, uh, um, I don't know if this is before or after this, that point, but she, uh, Auntie M gives them sort of a really watered-down backstory of herself which I really like because she's like oh yeah I fell in love with this guy and then uh some other evil lady came in and did something really mean to me and my sisters and we had a terrible accident and my sisters stayed with me uh but they share my bad bad fortune um but I don't know I like it I it's a very good watered down interpreter interpretation of yeah. the Medusa story. Yeah, it's interesting how it's like you get that little bit. And if you were familiar with Greek myths before reading this, you're like ding 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 ding, ding. <laughs> alarms, which is probably why Annabeth is like what? We yeah. need to go. We yeah. need to go. Um but Percy is all like, I'm it's fine. She's a little old lady. So, they, Auntie M takes them out into the garden, and she's like, gonna I'm take gonna take your picture. picture. And it turns out that she is actually Medusa. <laughs> yes. And when this is revealed, Annabeth puts on her invisibility half, and yep. Grover clicks on his magic, or clicks his heels together and flies away, and Percy sort of just freezes. Yeah, he's like, what do I do? So, he... Annabeth's like, Percy, just don't look at her, don't look at her. So, basically, they had to fight her this whole time without looking at her. Mm -hmm. And I love that Grover is just, like, flying above her, smacking her on the head. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, Medusa actually hates Poseidon. Yes. And it's just so convenient that they... Well, does she hate him? I think so. I think because she used to be his lover, so she has, like, a love-hate relationship. Like, she wants sort of to... Have Percy as a, a pretty statue. <laughs> oh, that's true. I guess she hates Aunt Athena more than Poseidon. Yeah. Because she says the gray-eyed one did this to me, Percy. Yeah. He's, she still wants to destroy him, though. Yes. <laughs> she wants to destroy everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but when... So I have a question. So Annabeth puts on her invisibility cap, so she's yes. invisible. But she can still definitely see Medusa if she wanted to, which she doesn't, because 
bad things happen. She does not want to be a statue. But if she saw Medusa, God forbid, or gods forbid, (laughs) uh, would she be an invisible statue? Or would she become visible? So you're just walking along and it's just like, oh, oh, what did I just run into? (laughs) Yeah. And it's just Annabeth. Oh, that would be so sad. I don't know. I like to think that she's she just would remain invisible. Invisible? Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, the hat wouldn't necessarily lose its magical powers. Yeah. That's more fun than thinking she just becomes visible. Mm-hmm. So they fight Medusa, and Percy cuts off Medusa's head. Go Percy. Woohoo! Once again, proving his abilities. Um, and then he is impertinent. And calls a godly messenger and mails Medusa's head to Olympus, which is hilarious. I love that because, like, Annabeth's all like, the gods will think you're impertinent. I am impertinent. (laughs) He's like, I don't care what these people think of me. These gods. Mm -hmm. I just love it. Can you imagine, like, like getting the box, though? (laughs) I wonder if, like, some, like, poor nymph... Yeah, oh, uh, like a godly messaging it. message board or whatever. Messenger, Me- message That'd board, so messenger opens it up like, oh, <laughs> oh no, that would be so sad. I just love how he addresses it too. Innocent victims, the gods, Mount Olympus, six hundredth floor, name drop, oh. Empire State Building, with best wishes, Percy Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On to chapter 12, which is five bullet points. Oh, I gave it, gave it four. We get advice from a poodle. I get that definitely five stars. It is a wonderful title. title. It is. Yeah. I don't know why I'm just I much more generous instead. with my I don't stars. know why I gave it four instead of five. <laughs> I really, I think it depends on the week. Because last yeah. week you were really, really like stingy with your stars <laughs> and I was really gener- generous and now you're generous and I'm stingy. <laughs> you switched. Um, okay, so the squad decides to camp out in the woods somewhere in, like, New Jersey or something. Yeah. Which sounds miserable, and it's described as miserable. So, um, I just think it's cute that Grover, like, climbs up a tree, and he's just, like, sitting there and playing his pan pipes or whatever. Or trying, and he keeps wearing, like, (laughs) Hillary Duff. (laughs) And so he starts talking about, um, kind of explaining a bit of his life, Mm -hmm. and he explains that the satyr searchers are looking for the god Pan, who disappeared yeah. 2,000 years ago, and they've been searching for him ever since. So it's just like a generational Quest. thing. But I love how he says, at the rate things are going, I'll never find Pan. And Percy says, Pam, like the cooking spray? <laughs> and Grover says, Pan! <laughs> he cried indignant, indignantly, P-A-N. <laughs> I love how Grover is just like, I feel like he, he gets indignant. really offended really quickly, and he I does. love it. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like, does he not remember that Percy doesn't know anything about this world? Um, it's just so funny. <clears throat> so, and then they sort of do like some brainstorming on what their next steps are in yeah. their quest and how they're gonna get back on a bus or keep go heading towards LA. Right. So Grover also mentions that he and Annabeth noticed that the Furies seemed to be looking for something, which is super suspicious. Yeah. Because they were like, well, he, they, the Furies weren't looking for you, though, Percy. They're looking for something. Yeah. So maybe Zeus had them set out on a quest to find the bolt themselves. Or mm-hmm. Hades did. 
Oh, maybe, maybe Hades set them out, and Zeus doesn't like that, so he's trying to stop them. Oh, that's good point. <laughs> <laughs> good theory. Good theory. Because Zeus wouldn't want them to have it. Yeah. Or Hades to have it. Mm-hmm. All right. Hmm. Or if we're going off of whoever has the lightning bolt in real life, or real whatever. Whoever actually has the stolen lightning bolt is controlling the lightning. Then they're trying to keep yeah. get Percy to the underworld. So he, they're assisting in his quest. That's a good... That is a good theory, too. <laughs> so, um, Percy dreams about a voice in a deep, dark pit asking him to help him rise and super creepy yeah he's so disturbed and he's like all like or the voice is like oh i have your mom and if you help me out i'll release her right yeah they have misled you boy it said barter with me i will give you what you want and it has like a picture of his mom of sally Mm-hmm. okay R. before that part there's a part where Grover is talking about himself compared to Annabeth and Percy. And he's like, Grover gazed down from his tree branch. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to try to read that again. <laughs> Grover, Gro- Grover gazed down from his tree branch. Look, Percy, I'm not as smart as Annabeth. I'm not as brave as you. But I'm pretty good at reading emotions. You're glad, as you're, or you're glad your dad is alive. Whatever. Don't care about the rest of it. I care that he doesn't think he's brave, and it makes me sad. <laughs> he is so brave. He, he is brave. Yeah. He keeps going regardless of everything. Yeah. Every setback he's ever had, he's like, well, I'll just have to try again. Yeah. And that takes bravery. Because a lot, it's really easy to just be like, eh, I quit. Mm-hmm. He doesn't quit. I love Grover. And he might not be good at the pan flute, but he's really good <laughs> at reading emotions. And I think that's takes skill, too. Yeah. And I love how Percy's like, well, maybe satyr emotions work differently than human emotions. And no, Grover's just like, like, whatever, Percy. Like, he's like, Percy, I'm good at one thing, and I know that you're <laughs> upset. Oh, Percy. Typical 12-year-old boy. Um, but, so they need money to get to L.A., so Grover finds Gladiola. A pink poodle. I love it. And he's like, say hello. And Percy doesn't want to say hello. I'm not saying hello to a pink poodle. (laughs) And Annabeth's like, say hello. I said hello. You have to say hello, too. (laughs) So, it turns out that Grover can communicate with the pink poodle Gladiola. Yes. And Gladiola can apparently read English, but he can't speak English. Mm-hmm. I think it's very sad that Gladiola is a boy poodle because he, I don't know. Not sad. Why did I say sad? That's not the right word. I don't know. Never mind. We're, I'm deleting all of that. <laughs> Gladiola think, is a badass. He is a badass. He is. Um, but I think Rick was using the contrast of him being in Gladiola and being pink with the fact that he's a boy poodle to be funny. Yeah. But I'm like, kind of like, it's a little cringy. Yeah, it is kind of cringy. So there are certain things that happen in this book that you can literally do nothing but be like, it was 2005. Yes. And this is one of them. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of them. 
Um, because... But Gladiola is very cool, and I do feel, have the feeling that he will escape again. Yes. Yeah, so oh, he yeah. will be free once but more. But he's awesome, because he's like, I guess you can take me home and get the $200 reward so they can go get on a train westbound and save the world. So that's what they do. Yep. Good old Gladiola. So they're on the train. They are riding this train for days, two days on the Amtrak train. Oh, wait. Chapter 13. It's called I Plunged to My Death. Yes. And you... Gave it how many stars? Four. You literally just changed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I'm feeling differently today than I did yesterday, okay? Um, I gave it three stars. (laughs) We're so sorry. It's like a two-star difference on our chapters today. Um, Okay, but honestly, like, if you weren't terrified of being attacked by monsters at any moment, spending two days on a train with your friends sounds fun. Yeah, and I don't (laughs) care that they don't have a sleeping car, it still sounds Mm -hmm. like, you can make a comfy spot. Yeah, and it's not like, you have nothing to worry about, that's what's so fun about trains. Yeah. You don't have to worry about traffic. Yeah, you don't have to do anything. But... Percy finds a newspaper article that says he's still wanted for questioning about the disappearance of his mother. And I think it's interesting that every time we see something related to Percy in the mortal world, his crimes and why he's wanted keep increasing. So, like, initially it's like, oh, he, he went missing with his mom and we're concerned for his safety. And then... Oh, he's wanted in suspicion with yeah, the disappearance. it didn't get... They, nobody was suspicious until they talked to Smelly Gabe. Yes. Who tells them, oh, he's a delinquent, blah, blah, blah. So it's Smelly Gabe's fault that they aren't... Yeah. He's the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, so Percy has another dream... Oh wait! Before the we go there, the the like there's parts where he's like looking out the window at the tra- on the train, and he sees like monsters and centaurs yeah. <laughs> and things, and he sees a family of centaurs, and that made me wonder about baby centaurs, and I recommend looking up on Reddit baby centaurs because it's very a, carefully. Reddit is a scary place. Yes, <laughs> it is. But I don't know. Look at baby centaurs. <laughs> There's a full blown like conversation of anatomy and how it sh- <laughs> should and could work, and so it's like I imagine they would be birthed like a horse's birth. Yes, and so a baby horse, when it's born, can immediately start to run and walk and do all the things. A baby human can't even lift its own head. Which is just so funny to picture. (laughs) Because you just picture a horse leg, horse legs running around and a baby human flopping around. (laughs) And maybe the parents like chasing after it, trying to hold its head up. I don't know. Maybe they have to have like a splint for the baby, (laughs) the baby part. Or maybe they pop out toddler size humans. But how big are the centaurs? Because a baby horse is small. Yeah. Like, it's not like a baby elephant where it's already 100 pounds. It's small. It's still larger than a baby human. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) True. I think... I don't know. I do not... They're like 75 pounds, 50 or 75 pounds when they're born. Horses? Yeah. I don't know. 
I think so. I don't know. But any equestrian there. friends, listeners, let us know. We don't know, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, yeah. So, <laughs> gotta get that image out of my head. <laughs> Percy tells Annabeth about the dream he had with the creepy voice. Mm-hmm. And he's like, do you think it could be Hades? And Annabeth is like, no, it doesn't sound like Hades because he always appears on Black Throne and he doesn't laugh, which is so funny. <laughs> Why would he laugh? He would never laugh. <laughs> Ever. Which it just like makes me think of Hades in um, Hercules. Because he laughs all the time, doesn't he? But like evilly. Who, Hercules? No, Hades. Hades. Oh, Hades the in, the, in Hercules. Yes, I thought you would. Sorry, I don't know. I spaced Hades out and, and I was really confused. <laughs> but yes, Hades in Hercules laughs amazingly yeah that's like his main trait yeah other than his hair yeah (laughs) okay so he she annabeth tells percy more about her childhood and she says my dad has resented me since the day i was born he never wanted a baby he asked athena to take me back and raise me on olympus and that is why they have a bad relationship he literally never wanted her and I don't yes yes I see it okay <laughs> like she says she appeared on her father's doorstep in a golden cradle by carried by Zephyr the west wind and her dad's like no <laughs> yeah I, I like how this. she's like some parents would I don't know treat this as a miracle <laughs> yeah like wow <laughs> a child must be from that one lady I had a baby with and it's, he's just I like, that I don't Athena want it. I just had like a really in depth conversation with people and then would have a kid. Like, oh, if, is that like, I, I thought it was, I don't know. I'm not. Com- from her, ba- her mind. I'm not completely her sure, but I mind. think it's, I think it's like, oh, I had a thought baby. Here. Honestly, that is the only way I would ever consider having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> because I think, I think that's how it is. I'm not completely that sure. legit though. Yeah. We should, we can talk about that on our next. Yeah. When we get back, I don't know. I feel like we, they talk about it in later books. Okay. About it, but I think, because uh, Athena was born from Zeus's head. Miss Zeus was thinking real hard. Having <laughs> a good thought and Athena popped out. <laughs> so I I don't know, I like to picture that all That's what child happened with of, Yeah, all child of Athena's are just thought babies. <laughs> all child of Athena's <laughs> Children of Athena's today. Yeah, so then um Annabeth so, says that her dad married a mortal woman and had to Regular quote unquote mortal kids and tried to pretend she didn't exist. Yeah, that is why they have issues. Yes, so. but then they get to Saint Louis. I don't know. I said it that slowly, <laughs> <laughs> but then they get to Saint Louis. Yes, and Annabeth really wants to go see the Gateway Arch. Yes, and she's like, I really want to do something like that someday. And he's like, What? And she's like, build something like this. Like, Annabeth dreams of being an, yeah, an architect. Yeah, she has goals. Yeah. And he laughs. I know, and it makes me so mad at ah. him. It's like... <sighs> what is his goal in life? And then she... So, she says... She expresses her lifelong dream. Yes. Percy laughs. She says something kind of mean, and then she feels bad. Yeah, he should be feeling bad. 
All he does is watch. He doesn't even... Okay, so he says, I don't know why, but I found it funny. Just the idea of Annabeth trying to sit quietly and draw all day. All day. So, like, he, I guess he kind of laughs because it's hard to picture. But it's still, like, she shouldn't feel bad. He should yeah. feel bad because you don't laugh at people when they express their dreams. Yeah. Misogyny, Percy. Come on. <sighs> and then it gets back into the whole, like, oh, can... A child of Athena and a child of Poseidon really get along, and Percy's all like, oh, well, has isn't there any point in history that they got along? And she's like, well, I guess with the chariot. Because Athena made the chariot, parted it, and Poseidon made the horses. Right. So, they're like, yeah, I guess we can... We can work together. Yeah. Ugh. And I, I don't know. It was a cute way to ally each other by saying like I don't know I think it was a good way a good strategy for Percy to pull out an example in mythology yeah for, from Athena or not from Annabeth to get them to get along yeah. but it came right after he made fun of her yeah so that's not cool <sighs> maybe we can cut give Percy some slack because he didn't mean to laugh I don't know I think it's still in, I still think it's rude Yep. so they have a three hour train layover so they go sightseeing so maybe this is what Percy's way of kind of making it up to Annabeth because he's like yeah we can go Yeah. because you know? sometimes people have trouble expressing themselves so then they use actions to show that they are sorry mm-hmm. so, so they go to the <laughs> arch and I don't know. I've been to the arch, and the description that he get or right Rick gives is pretty accurate because yeah. it's like, oh, you go underground a bit, and you see a whole bunch of really weird, like, I don't know. You you see a whole bunch of like horse and carriages and stuff that does not seem to fit with the arch at all. Mm. And then all of a sudden, you get into a very tight, small elevator goes up very fast in a very weird angle. <laughs> yeah, so they're in the tiny elevator. Yes, with the dog. And there's a big fat lady with a seeing her tiny oh, chihuahua. Seeing eye chihuahua. And it's like, there is so much emphasis on people's appearance and why novels. And like 90% of the time, the bad guys are fat. Yeah. They're either like fat or... Like, super skinny, like, tiny people who yes. are, like, skeleton-looking. Yeah. It's like, why? Direct comparison, the Dursleys. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Vernon and Dudley are described as huge, monstrous Pigs beings. Pigs and cows. And, yeah. And, Dud- or not Dudley, Petunia is a stick. Yep. So it's like, can we please stop using a gender stuff for bad guys and... Like Late queer things. coding bad guys. Like, yes. For example, Hades in Hercules. Yes. Cringe. <laughs> Cringe. Two thousand four. Cringe. Um. But so the big fat lady, as she is described, keeps calling the dog Sunny, which Percy thinks is kind of weird, and he's like, "Oh, is that the dog's name?" And she's like, "No." And he's like, "That clears it up." <laughs> So they go up to the top of the arch, they look around, they decide, like, okay, this, we came, we saw, 
Okay, we saw we conquered. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, the conquering's not happened yet. <laughs> um, so, like, Annabeth and Grover get into the elevator, and before, like, it's too full. So, like, yeah. the ranger's like, And those elevators are really small. Yeah. Like, you, you can't fit more than, like, three or four people. <laughs> yeah. So, the ranger is like, sorry, kid, next car. And Percy's is like, yeah, it's fine. And, of course, Annabeth and Grover are like, ooh. Yeah, and it, it's like, they, they, they're they like, oh, should we wait for you? And he's like, oh, no, it's fine. No, Percy, wrong, yes, wrong, very, incorrect. very wrong. You always use the buddy system. Never yes. be on your own. <laughs> Especially if you're the most important person on this quest. <laughs> and you're 630 feet up in the air and in a very enclosed space. And the son of Poseidon who does not like the air. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because... <laughs> He's not allowed to fly, so then he's allowed to use a cell phone. And then he's like, oh, it'll be fine to go up in the arch. Yeah, too sick. Mm. No. Ugh. So he's, like, kind of talking to the fat lady, and she flicks her forked tongue. And Percy's like, oh, she flicked her forked tongue. And then he's like, wait, what? Wait, she flicked her forked tongue. <laughs> so the lady and the dog, well, the dog turns into a chimera, which is, like, a giant monster that breathes fire and has yeah. a horned tail and stuff. Yeah, so it's a lion head that brings breathes fire, a, a lion-headed body, a goat attached to its back, <laughs> and a snake on its tail. <laughs> Sounds horrifying. It is. <laughs> and the lady turns into Echidna, the mother of monsters. And Percy's like, isn't that a type of anteater? And she's like, oh, I hate Australia. I, I love that he knows that an Echidna is a specific type of anteater. I looked up what an Echidna anteater looks like. It's adorable. It's like anteater plus porcupine or hedgehog yeah. equals adorable. <laughs> It is very cute, but I love her reaction. She's like, "No, why?" Um, and I love that when uh, the Chihuahua or the Chimera uh, grows super big, he can read the name tag, and it's Chimera, rabid, fire breathing, poisonous. If found, please call Tartarus. Extension nine fifty four. But so he's a, it says rabid. So does that mean it actually has rabies? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I feel sort of bad for the everybody involved. Then. Do monsters get diseases? No, I think it just means he's, he's vicious. really mean. Yeah. Well, then so, don't call it rabies. A fight ensues, <laughs> and the chimera blows a hole in the side of the arch. Yes, and Percy jumps on out. Wait, we didn't get to that part yet. <sighs> You always go too far ahead. So, Percy always has really funny, blunt thoughts that, like, make yeah. me laugh. Is there, um, where'd it go? Oh, so, like, right after it blows a hole in the wall, he's saying, he's like, great, we just blow torch National <laughs> Monument. Yeah. And there's just so many of those thoughts that make me laugh. So, the chimera blows a hole in the arch, and then... Percy gets hit with the chimera's tail, and he drops Riptide, and Riptide flies out of the hole in the wall. Yes. And it takes, like, a few minutes for Riptide to reappear. So Percy's like, ah! And he backs up to the hole in the wall, and Echidna's like, if you're really the son of Poseidon, just jump. Just jump. Just jump. Trust the water, per- Percy. Trust it. 
And Percy, like, looks down and he's like, ugh, I don't know, because, like, this is not the sea. It's the Mississippi. I'm 630 feet in the air. And I'm 12. <laughs> and if you've ever seen the Mississippi, it's pretty intimidating. It's yeah. huge. Yeah. Um, so, in most situations, I would not advise listening to someone when they tell you to jump off something. But in this case, they don't know what else you could have done. Yes. So. It, okay, so. So, Percy jumps off. Of yes. But, so, I want to talk about why Echidna is there. Okay. Okay, so it says when she fr- first is yelling at him for calling him, uh, an anteater. Um, and it says, Be honored, Percy Jackson. Lord Zeus Aurelia allows me to test a hero with one of my brood, for I am the mother of mos- monsters. I, the terrible Echidna. So does that mean that she was sent by Zeus to test him? And then later, when she's telling him to jump off the bridge, or uh, off the arch, uh, she says, If you are the son of Poseidon, Echidna hists, um, you would not fear the water. Jump, Percy Jackson. Show me that the water will not harm harm you. Jump and retrieve your sword. Prove your bloodline. So I wonder if she was sent by Lord Zeus to prove that Percy Jackson really was the son of Poseidon. Because <laughs> it doesn't yeah. seem like... It seems like he, she and the Chimera had many opportunities to kill him. Yeah, they're not trying to. And why would she say that she, like, oh, Lord Zeus never lets me do this? Right. So it sounds like he gave her permission to go after him. Yeah, because the Chimera could have been, like, dead. Yeah. And instead they're just, like, pushing him toward the wall. They're, like, playing with their food. Yeah. So really it's just, like, perfect timing Mm -hmm. on their part. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, this is going to be And it doesn't even mess mess him up enough to, like, miss their train. Like, right. <laughs> but, um, I love that. But I don't know. It just the those two passages made just made me wonder if Zeus has more to do with this yeah. story than we thought. So if we're okay, so if we're operating on the theory that the person who has the lightning bolt is making all the lightning, right? Yes. But then Zeus has his own beef with Poseidon, so then he's also messing with them. Mm-hmm. So maybe he he's Zeus sent the Furies, but then whoever has the bolt oh. protected them. So I was thinking Hades sent the Furies. Whoever has the bolt protected them from the Furies, but Zeus, unbeknownst, he didn't really care about the Furies or the bolt. Naturally, and he <laughs> he sent Echidna and the Chimera to mess with them. Possibly. I don't know. I think there's a lot of godness in here that I yeah, think could there be. Is. <laughs> a lot of things could be blamed. All right, chapter fourteen. I become a known fugitive. Oh no! I didn't rate this. Oh no! Wait, let me think. All right, you tell me your rating. I made it five stars. Four. Okay, it's yeah. a little bit closer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's do four. I just love how he's like. The chapter starts, and he's like, I'd love to tell you I had some deep revelation on my way down. 
that I came to terms with my own mortality, laughed in the face of death, etc. Yes. The truth? My only thought was, ah! <laughs> I loved that. Just honestly, like, it's the only appropriate response. <laughs> like, and then later, he, or like right after that, he's like, the river raced towards me at the speed of a truck, wind ripped through the breath of my lungs, steeple, skyscraper, bridge, tremble, blah, 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 blah. everything's going by, <laughs> by so fast. Yeah. It made me wonder how fast he's actually falling falling and um let's just say math happens in quest query (laughs) stay tuned folks (laughs) so the water catches percy and keeps him dry at the same time he like grabs a lighter and it heals him because he was poisoned by the chimera yeah and he's breathing underwater so it's just like zeus doubted it at all there is no doubt now (laughs) um so that's pretty cool and he's, like, looking around, and he's like, oh, there's so much trash. Don't throw your trash in the river. Yeah. Put it where it belongs, in the trash that goes to the landfill instead. <laughs> Send or it to it's the recyclable, recycle it. Ugh. So he's like, Ugh, And this is gross when we cool. say don't throw it into the river, we also include lakes, ponds, and oceans in that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Percy's like, this is gross and cool at the same time. Mm -hmm. And he hears, like, a female voice. And he's like, what? I like when he's all like, um, thanks. Thank you, father. Yes. (laughs) Who was with me? But he's like, oh, Poseidon must have saved me. But I don't think it was Poseidon. I think it was just Percy's ability. Yeah, his, like, natural skills of staying dry in water. Yeah, like, sure, Poseidon was probably like, hey, don't die, son. Yeah. Poseidon <laughs> gave him that bit of DNA, but... <laughs> I was planning ahead, well, for this moment. So, a naiad appears in the water. A naiad is a water spirit, as we yeah. know. And he tells... She tells Percy a message from his father, that before they descend into the underworld, they must go to Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, this river is too polluted for me. I can't stay here. Bye. Yeah. So, yeah. But I love when he, uh, when she first appears to him, he's all like, Mom, is that Aww. you? And it just reminds you a little bit more. R.I.P. Sparkles. Aww. Sally needs some help. <laughs> so, Percy gets out of the river and finds Annabeth and Grover. And apparently the mist doesn't always work that well because the little boy's like, Mommy, he just walked out of the river. And he's dry. (laughs) And he's dry. And the mom's like, there's more important things like a national disaster with the (laughs) arch happening. Yeah. Oh, and also the naiad tells Percy not to trust the gifts. Yes. And he's like, what gifts? But Mm -hmm. we know he has had one gift already. The shoes. (gasps) Were there any other gifts? The pen? Sword, Riptide. The backpack. <laughs> the backpack. I think that's it. I guess you could... <clears throat> would Would you be able to not trust Annabeth's gift? Like, Annabeth's gift from her mom oh, was her the mom. hat. Should we not trust that? I don't know. She doesn't specify, don't trust the only the gifts that are given to you. <laughs> and anyway, we can forget about the backpack, because the backpack was destroyed. Oh yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, so we only have two more gifts, or two gifts left over to be aware of. The yes. pen and the shoes. The shoes. Um, so the mortal media are all over the place, of course. They're talking about sightings of a boy falling from the arch into the river. And they're like, where did he go? Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, 
some eyewitnesses suggest that it could be Percy Jackson who still wanted for his mother's disappearance, a bus explosion in New Jersey, and now blowing a hole into the St. Louis Arch. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Poor Percy. It just keeps getting worse and worse. Mm-hmm. So, um, Percy tells Grover and Annabeth yeah, right away for once what he what heard What happened. And... From the Nyad and everything. I mean, I guess there's no way around them telling yeah. that. But, so Grover's like, well, we have to listen to your dad. We can't ignore his summons from Poseidon. Mm-hmm. We have to go to Santa Monica. Yeah. And that's pretty much chapter 14, and that's it for a recap for this episode. Oh, well, they get back on the train. Yes, they get back on the train. They're heading still, chugging along. Yep. Alright, and now we're on to the next section of our podcast. Bring on the monsters. Excuse you? What was that? (laughs) I tried to make it more like... (laughs) Bring on the monsters begins... No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the first monster that we meet is a familiar monster. It is the Furies. Yeah. Monster? Monsters. Whatever. Monsters. So we meet the Furies, and as we said on the very first episode when we met Miss Dodds, Furies are the servants of the underworld. And that there are three of them. Last time we met Mrs. Dodds, or Electo, who is sort of the main fury. And in this episode we are introduced to her sisters, who don't get names. They're just sort of there as sort of like duplicate Mrs. Dodds. Mm -hmm. But in mythology, they do have names. And one is Megara Megara and Tisiphone. Uh, So... Going through these siblings, so first there's Megara, the jealous one. She is the cause of jealousy and envy, and she punishes people who commit crimes, just like her sisters, but she enjoys focusing on those who commit marital infidelity. Yes. I don't know why she's after a few teenagers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I have bigger fish to fry, my friends. Yes. And then the other sister that we are introduced to is Tisiphone, who is all, uh, in Greek. Are you sure it's not Tisiphone? Oh, that might be it. Tisiphone. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds better than Tisiphone. Well, I was just thinking of Persephone. Oh. All right. <laughs> Tisiphone, who's the Avenger. And although she, and though she has a very Captain American-y name. What? <laughs> Oh, yeah, because it's the Avenger. I remember why I wrote that. (laughs) (laughs) She would not. Though she has a name that reminds you of Captain America. She would not be friends with Cap. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) She was a fury who punished crimes of murder. (gasps) Basically, uh, Tisiphone has a few roles in mythology. uh, Encouraging war because of... Oedipus, and she kind of and she accompli- accomplishes this uh, war goal by driving a hero to cannibalism. Lit. Yes. <laughs> and we already did talk about Electo in the first one, but as a reminder, her job was to pr- punish the moral crimes, such as anger. So if you're too angry. Because you have bad morals. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Then the next 
monster that we mate is a big one. That's Medusa. And so there's a lot, or well, there's not a lot of stories to do with her, but she's sort of just a really main character in mythology. And I'm going to mainly talk about her origin because that's what we talk about or what we're sort of introduced to in the story. But I do recommend looking into the Perseus uh, killing Medusa tale and I'll give you some recommendations to look for. Um, so Medusa was a beautiful maiden with golden hair and she vowed to be celibate for her entire life as a priestess of Athena. Until, that is, she fell in love with Poseidon. No, no, no. Those beach boys. (laughs) Yes. And so she fell in love with him and they made a deal to meet in Athena's temple. And I think the initial goal was to get married, but it doesn't sound like a thing that Poseidon would do. Sorry, I think she was just getting tricked. Yeah. But uh, Medusa's sisters helped her with this plan. But uh, meeting... Poseidon in Athena's temple really angered Athena and Athena punished her by turning her turning Medusa into an ugly creature by making her eyes bloodshot and raging and her face hag-like. The once lovely hair was morphed into poisonous dangerous snakes. Her pure white milky skin turned into a scary green hue and famously Anyone who looked directly in, uh, on her, to her, in her eyes, I don't know, <laughs> they would turn to stone. And in some myths, and I'm going to say that Rick went off of these myths, her sisters were also cursed. They were not cursed to the full extent of turning people to stone, but they were still very ugly. It's so unfair how people in mythology, like, one person does something wrong and the whole family suffers for it. Yeah. And there's actually some really good sort of, like, I wouldn't call them fan fiction, but it is sort of fan fiction of Greek mythology sort of twists on the tail. Haha. She has snakes. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, they... um, to make her more of a tragic figure. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of sad. All she did was fall in love with someone. Yeah. Poseidon didn't suffer. Mm-hmm. Misogyny. Yep. And, yeah, so she she was cursed to turn people to stone. And it was really quite tragic, and she sort of just ran away and was sad. Um, so, from the Perseus, and, uh, Perseus tale, uh, where he kills her, there actually are a lot of similarities to how... Percy and Annabeth and Grover killed Medusa in The Lightning Thief. Like, uh, Perseus had winged shoes, a cap of invisibility, and a reflective shield. Yeah, because Percy makes her look at herself, right? Yeah. With the thing. Or, well, no, he looks at her through the thing. Or through the... The globe. Yeah. The reflective garden globe. Yes. So, like, and... Grover had the winged shoes, and Annabeth had the cap of invisibility. Right. But in Perseus's thing, he had all three and was able to deal with it. Um, I do recommend, if you follow us on Instagram, you might know where I'm going with this, but I recommend watching Jim Henson's storyteller, Greek Myths, because they have a very good per, uh, depiction of the 
Medusa myth, or Perseus Medusa myth. And Dumbledore's in it. Young Dumbledore. Not Jude Law. (laughs) (laughs) Michael Gambon. (laughs) Some nice creepy puppets, because you can't be a Jim Henson production without some nice puppets. And, I don't know, some very good practical special effects. (laughs) Um, So the other monsters that we talk to or meet is Echidna, the mother of monsters, and her son, the Chimera. So Echidna, I recommend again looking up the anteater. Because honestly, <laughs> it if is you, very cute. Yeah, if you look up just the name Echidna, the anteater, anteater is going to be what comes up first. <laughs> yeah. Not the Greek myth. So, but in Greek myths, Echidna was a half-woman, half-snake monster, also known as the mother of all monsters, because she gave birth to many of the Greek monsters, including Cerberus, the three-headed dog. Yeah. (laughs) And, of course, the Chimera. Um, Echidna was said to have been born in and have spent most of her life in the same cave, only leaving to snatch up and devour the occasional unsuspecting traveler. Hmm. And this caused the goddess Hera to recognize the danger of Echidna posed, and um, she sent Argus, Panopatopathes, I'm going to say it like that forever. (laughs) Uh, To kill her. Argus snuck into Echidna's cave and slayed her while she slept. Uh, The Chimera, which we talked about a bit earlier, basically son of Echidna, um, body of a fire-breathing lion, as well as the head of a goat that was attached to the middle of its back, and a tail that ended with a snake. Uh, And she... uh, The... Chimera embodies the strength of a lion, the intelligence of a goat, and the cunning of a snake. That's right. Yeah. I didn't know goats three. were intelligent, but thank <laughs> you, Wikipedia, for that answer. <laughs> uh, and now on to the next section. Oh my gods! Yeah! It's <laughs> my favorite. Yep. Oh my gods. So, first god thing we meet is Argus, or... Who we already talked about in the monsters oh, because he slayed a kidna. The kidna. So really, they just needed Argus to like come with them to yeah. St. Louis. He would have been like, "Hello, old friend." Dead. Yeah. So Argus or Argus, it depends on what how you want to spell it. Argos with an O or Argus with an U. Panopatopolis is a hundred-eyed giant. The name Panopolis means the all-seeing one. Okay, makes sense. Uh, he was a servant of Hera and did many tasks for her. Uh, well, like he like guarded some cows for her, <laughs> and he also, of course, was sent to kill Echidna. And basically, he was just an all-around good guy, good he shepherd. Like a good guy. Yeah, he's good at looking out for things. <laughs> Good looking um, out. <laughs> yep. Okay, I wonder why. So the other god that we're talking about today is Pan, the god of the wild places. Grover's favorite bro. Coincidentally, Pan is also in A Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh. Shakespeare. Um, so Pan, 
is the god of the wild places, shepherds and uh, shepherds and flocks, nature of mountains, wilds, rustic music, and companion of nymphs and satyrs. Uh, he has the hindquarters of the, and legs and horns of a goat, in the same manner of a satyr, 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 <clears throat> with his homeland in the rustic Arcadia. He is also recognized as the god of fields, groves, wooden glens, and often connected to fertility and the season of spring. So nice for him. Nice. So yeah. he's the god of like everything cool. Yeah. And he's, I reason... think he's very similar to Dionysus. Yeah, except Dionysus is like mean. Yes. <laughs> like he's the more naturey side of Dionysus. Yeah. And Dionysus is has more of a insanity side bit. But so But honestly we nobody really ever sees Pan. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> So, interesting fact, the word panic was, it's originated with the god's name Pan, and that is because in one story involving Pan, there's a, it's a tale of war in which Pan helps his friends survive a vicious struggle by letting out an immense cry that frightens the enemy and causes them to run away. From this story, we get the word panic. The sudden, uncontrollable fear that leads to people into irrational behavior. Such as running away. (laughs) (laughs) Which isn't really irrational, honestly. Uh, Yeah, I know. I don't think it is. But if if all you hear is, (laughs) and you are seeing, like, sunshine and lollipops, it would be an irrational fear. (laughs) (laughs) True. Um, And then... Interestingly, Plutarch wrote that during the wrote during the reign of Tiberius, like Roman. This is both Roman things. The uh the crew of a ship sailing near Greece heard a voice calling out, "The great Pan is dead," and this and Grover's mind saw that like, oh, everyone just accept. And Grover's head, it's like everyone accepted that Pan is dead, but the satyrs and nymphs did not, and that's why they have the searchers. But it's interesting because this lined up with the uh, death of Christ. So Christians took this simultaneously as the death of Christ. Hmm. So. Yay. That's Christianity and tying it in with this. Yeah. Yeah, it, it actually really is. It's interesting that religions can tie into each other. I think in um, Midsummer Night's Dream, Pan is like a very playful, like, bordering on, like, queer character. Yeah. Which is like, He's not like, it's not like Hades where he's like the bad guy or anything. Yeah. He's just like mischievous and stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, time for Quest, Quest Query. Query. <laughs> <laughs> so, your question What book would you bring with you on a quest? Yeah. Do you Percy have any Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I was like pandering Percy Jackson, but probably not. <laughs> um, a cookbook. Yeah. Would it be like a practical cookbook? Like a Like a camping? foraging and yeah. stuff, yeah. That, that's <laughs> How good. to survive in the woods. I don't know. I feel like I would want to read something fun. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I actually, I, I asked that question, and I probably have no idea. Like, I would, you know what? No. 
I always, whenever I go somewhere, I always bring my copy of Princess Bride. Yeah. Well, okay. Classic. It, it has, it's, it's just a fun read. and I Classic can, Quinn. Yeah. I can read whatever chapter and I'm like, uh-huh. Maybe, yeah, I don't know what I would bring. I would just bring my phone. Because I have <laughs> audiobooks on it. <laughs> you can't. That leads into question two. They're downloaded, okay? Oh. <laughs> Magic versus technology. Why is this a trope? Well, okay, so magic versus technology, so they're not allowed to bring cell phones. This is 2004, so cell phones aren't super high-tech, but you right. can still bring your pink razor flip phone. <laughs> Be the coolest kid at camp. Yeah. Um, but that's not allowed for uh, half-bloods. And that seems to be a thing in a lot of uh, fiction, like fantasy. You can't have technology. Yeah. And I wonder if it just, like, burst the fantasy bubble, or if it just... I don't know. So, like, Harry Potter, you can't have muggle technology at Hogwarts. doesn't work. Right. Um, American gods, they don't use that much technology because the other gods Except for the god of technology. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The other gods have control of that technology and use it against them. I recommend that for more adult listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, if you're the, under the age of 17, do not read American Gods, which probably makes them all want to read them more. But yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, and then there's Seriously. a book series and TV series now called The Magicians, which is very good. Um, that they But they do use technology, yeah. and they inter- interpret, or not interpret, integrate technology with magic so someone's writing a magic spell in code Mm. and it's really cool because it's like oh this is how you're able to search magic magical books on a website it's actually it's very ingenious the way that they tie it in and they also have it so like all these magicians are involved in banking so that the that's how the magicians fund their lives (laughs) um okay so my question was it's interesting that the gods are immortal, but they still eat. So, like, do they eat for fun or do they eat because they have to? Because if, if I were a god and I didn't have to eat, I don't think I would. Hmm. I think, I think they have to eat, but they don't have to eat. <laughs> like, if they don't eat, they will not die. Right. But they will not be super healthy. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, Persephone. Persephone eats the pomegranate seeds in the underworld, and that's why she has to stay in the underworld, and that's why we have winter. Whatever. But she did not have to eat those pomegranate seeds, but she was very, very hungry after a few, quite a few months in the underworld without eating. Right. So it's, like, more comfortable to eat. Yeah. So then, the, since they're going to eat, they might as well eat good stuff and drink wine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How many books are written in ancient Greek in 2004? Because Annabeth brings her book on architecture. And it's written in ancient Greek. Okay, so you asked this question a few days ago, and I did some Googles. Of course you did. And so I could only find one that one that was popular fiction in 2004, and it literally was released in 2004 in ancient Greek, and it's Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> um, you can find that. In ancient Greek. Hooray. <laughs> and it has the British cover. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and then you can also find The Little Prince in ancient Greek, and but that was released in 2007. 
and I know that you don't like the Little Prince. Um, you can also find Don Camillo. Cam Camalo. I don't know Camillo. what that book is. Don and, Camillo yeah, and Sherlock Holmes. And Sherlock Holmes. And it's in one volume. So I don't know oh. how good that volume is. but That's in classical Greek. Yes. And, Weird. But you can find a lot more books in Latin. Like you can find the entire Percy, or not Percy Jackson. Uh, entire Harry Potter series in Latin. Really? Yeah. Instead no. of just the first book. Interesting. Hmm. I guess also if they live at a camp where the kids speak ancient Greek, then they would probably have books on it. Yeah. And maybe some, like, there's, like, a child, like, Athena, child of Athena, sneaking into, like, publishing companies <laughs> and, like, releasing Greek books translations. Yeah. Uh, other questions. What? Oh, what, uh, on page 198, Annabeth is like, oh, the mortal police would never be able to find us. And I don't understand why that would be. I think it's because the gods are helping them. Poseidon, but, at least, is helping them. <laughs> yes, but there's a lot more gods, like, uh, there's a lot more gods working against them <laughs> than working True. for them. And... I don't know. It just seems strange to me. Like, they have all these photos of them. They could easily track them. <laughs> the mist? I don't know. <laughs> because it's... Does the mist honestly... help them, like, I don't know, hide well, from security cameras? Yeah. If it's, like, divine elements mixing with mortal, yeah. then maybe it works but in their favor. Yeah, that's true. So I'm really interested here to hear about your... Equation for Percy falling from the arch. My math? I yeah. did math. I'm not good at math, and I'm not completely sure about this equation. I got it from a website called sciencing.com dash calculate long takes objects fall. Citing our sources. <laughs> yes. But according to this website, the equation is the square root of the height of the fall divided by 16. So the height of the fall divided by 16, that answer is square rooted. Okay, so it's 630 divided by, by 16, 16, which is 39.375, and the square root of that is 6.27 seconds. So it took him 6.727 seconds to yes. fall from the arch. But I don't know if I believe this equation but I couldn't find anything else and I wasn't really actually into doing math because I don't like math and I don't like physics <laughs> um <laughs> if any of you like physics physics this for us yes because it, I don't know if I trust it because it doesn't take into account the object's weight like it doesn't take into account Percy's weight isn't the whole thing, like, gravity works on it the same, though? So, like, oh, if you dropped true. a stone or, like, a, a But pair, still, there would be, like, wind resistance on one or the other. Well, he does have a large surface area. Yeah. Larger than some things that might fall. <laughs> I don't know. But let's just say it's around six, five, okay. to, five <laughs> to six seconds. All right. <laughs> and, but either way, it's very impressive all that he observes on yeah, that five to six seconds falling. He has, like, this moment of clarity. Like, he says he doesn't, but he kind of does. Because he he's does. like, look at all the things falling. And then he's like, ah! <laughs> all the he's still yelling, ah, but he's still also seeing steeples and things. And, yeah. Oh, look at the people <laughs> running and around. Then, 
Flaboom! Falls into the water. Yes. Alright. Which would be fun if you weren't gonna die. I really don't think it would be, because I feel like he would do a belly flop. Okay, but like, if you were going, if you fell into the water... Like if you Percy were Percy does, Jackson and you had the power over water, yes, it would be fun. <laughs> if you were just a normal human being... And you, you would still die. Wouldn't, yeah, you would die. And if by some miracle, if you did not die, you would still break all of your bones. Yes. <laughs> Do not jump off the St. Louis Yeah, edge. he will get seriously hurt. Uh, yeah, so that was the end of our quest queries. If you have your own quest queries, email us, message us, Twitter us. I don't know. Email us at floor600.podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at floor underscore 600. And follow us on Tumblr at floor600podcast with no spaces. Yes. So, yeah. Cool. Find us next week. We're going to be reading more chapters. Uh, <laughs> Starting with chapter 15 and going to chapter Hopefully chapter 20. But if we don't get to 20, it'll be 18. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Beware of monsters. <laughs>